Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us is Jain Bandari, the host of the highly acclaimed Capitalism and Morality, and a prominent sought-out advisor to institutional investors. Today, we will discuss Africa and gold junior mining companies. Mr. Bandari, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me, Maurice. Recently, we conducted an interview regarding Zimbabwe. I'd like to revisit that conversation. Can you please give us an update on the latest developments in Zimbabwe? Why not, uh, Maurice, talk about the political environment in Africa? Africa has 54 countries, and I have been to Africa almost once or twice a year, every year for the last 10 or 12 years now. It has a population of 1.2 billion people, and this is a continent that from north to south is an unmitigated disaster. The only countries and only areas in Africa that have done relatively better compared to the rest are countries with higher influence of Europeans in those countries. Now, if we don't account for this, we cannot understand the problems of Africa and the ways to correct the problems of Africa. Now, a lot of intellectuals will actually blame colonialism for the problems of Africa or the problems of the third world. The reality is that the population of Africa was only about 230 million people in 1950. Because of Medicare, the, the medicine that Europeans brought to Africa and because they reduced tribal warfare within Africa, and remember, Africans were hacking each other to death in tribal warfare before Europe, Europeans arrived. Because of reduction in these, the population of Africa has increased to 1.28 billion, which means that in the last 67 years, population of Africa has increased by 400% or more. Again, Africa is an unmitigated disaster, and that includes Zimbabwe and South Africa. Zimbabwe was the breadbasket of Africa. Uh, during the time that the British ruled Zimbabwe, they left a person called Robert Mugabe as the president of Zimbabwe, who was finally forced out of his position later last year. Robert Mugabe wanted to place his wife as the next president of Zimbabwe because Mugabe is getting very old and he will die one of these days. He actually often falls asleep while he is uh, sitting in meetings and things like those. The coup meant that the vice president, who was actually someone very close and friendly with Mugabe, a person called Emerson Mnangawa, became the president. Now, international media and a lot of international organizations are very happy about this turn of events because they think that this will lead Zimbabwe to become more democratic. Now, my view is that this is not a good change. This is actually a horrible change for the worse for Zimbabwe because democracies in these third world countries do not work. Democracies always inevitably lead to increased tyranny 
because democracy in these backward tribal superstitious magical thinking people always lead to people getting elected who are tyrannical and irrational and this is what will happen to zimbabwe going forward mugabe was a horrible tyrant but again he was still chosen by the british who were compared to zimbabweans a much more rational bunch of people you know jaina hate to interrupt you here but you sound like president trump a little bit here when you're describing africa Maurice I have over a period of time got increased respect for Trump and I don't even understand how he has the right understanding about these third world countries because you have to actually live and grow up among these utterly irrational and tribal people to have some kind of appreciation for what tribalism and irrationality and superstitious environment means these people are seeped in ir- magical thinking and that is the truth across the third world and africa is actually the worst in cake in terms of being tribal being extraordinarily violent trump used a word he likely used the word i'm not sure if he did a word shithole when referring to these countries uh, the reality mori says that 1.1 billion people on this planet actually go out to defecate in the open 1.1 billion billion people do this on a daily basis so there are a lot of shithole com- countries literally and figuratively africa is not just two of the not just shithole it is also a hell hole there is not much in africa that is not a hell hole it is a continent replete with genocide civil war and extreme violence against each other and so often it seems that a lot of people there enjoy being violent which is truly unfortunate sticking to the theme of zimbabwe here you know zimbabwe their economy from the outside looking in should be somewhat robust they have fertile soil and they have mines but uh what products does zimbabwe actually export zimbabwe as such is very rich in as you rightly said soil and it has a lot of natural resources in that country but remember you have to have the right institutions and the right people in leadership positions in those institutions to be able to create businesses and organizations to exploit the natural resources or agricultural farms now i actually spent two days with one of the relatives of mugabe uh, actually i visited several of the farms that had been expropriated from white farmers Now Zimbabweans think that all you have to do is to get hold of the land and somehow prosperity would automatically appear. It does not happen that way. You have to work hard on those farms. You have to create a strategy to put that farm into production. You have to save the seed for the next season. You have to plant the seed. There's a process that makes the the farm productive. 
they expropriated the farms but they never put those farms into production so unfortunately that is what how zimbabwe works how do you get the right institutions and the right people to lead those institutions the reality is that the best people from zimbabwe have left zimbabwe they are now in london and new york and of course the british left zimbabwe many decades back which means that the very best people zimbabwe had an opportunity to have to run that country are, are gone for a long time and now even the top layer of local zimbabweans are gone in the meantime the local culture is asserting itself by degrading the institutions of zimbabwe the institutions that the british left behind the problem is that european institutions without europeans running those institutions do not work the tribalism and magical thinking of zimbabweans is now increasingly reflecting in the institutions and at the end of the day the people who lead those institutions are tribal corrupt irrational people and that is the problem going forward for zimbabwe how do you exploit that that natural those natural resources in an ecology like that and also discussing the word exploit their currency is weak do you see foreign capital from a speculator standpoint coming into zimbabwe because it doesn't sound like it oh it will come to zimbabwe because western people have become so gullible uh, political correctness has become a religion in the west today which means that if you talk about what i just did now even if i'm incorrect at least oppose me at least challenge me at least reason with me the problem today maurice is that anyone in a big organization who puts forth an idea that i just did in front of me front of you sorry he would be thrown out out of those organizations right away which means that in big organizations big institutional investors simply do not have an understanding of what i just said which means that a lot of money actually did go to africa in the last decade a lot of money went into to fund companies and infrastructure cellular infrastructure banking infrastructure in africa most of that money is never going to return back to the west it had western people have consistently lost money in africa and they will continue to do so and indeed they will put more money into africa in zimbabwe and you can see that reflected in increased share prices of companies operating in zimbabwe already but again this change in perception about zimbabwe will not last for too long i think sooner rather than later zimbabwean president the new president will show his true colors and if zimbabwe actually becomes fully democratic in the next election just pray that nothing terrible goes wrong in zimbabwe and correct me if i'm wrong but mugabe he actually nationalized the mines there am i correct well mostly he did i know of one company which actually has done quite a good job so again maurice i when i say i'm talking about the country and talking about the system on average but there are some very smart people who can find an area and they can interact with the locals and the government in ways that they can still manage to create wealth 
So there's one company that I know of that has actually done reasonably well. Uh, it's a mining company called Caledonia Mining. I'm actually not suggesting that you buy shares of that company right now, but uh, because the share price again has gone up quite a bit in the last two, three months, wait for it to fall down and uh, look at that company again when it has fallen by about, in my guess, 30 percent from where it is today. And what does Caledonian extract? Is it PGMs? Uh, Yes, it is a company in PGMs, and they actually have done a quite a remarkable job uh, in organizing their affairs in Zimbabwe. I'm not a shareholder. I was in the past. I sold, but it's a company I certainly want to keep my eyes on. And Giant, if you would, give us the symbol. C-A-L uh, on Toronto Stock Exchange. All right. Sticking with Africa, Giant, you forewarned us a year now about the economic and political concerns in South Africa. Now they're coming to fruition. What's going on in South Africa? Well, South African case is not much different verbally in terms of what I just said about Zimbabwe and the rest of Africa. Now, the, of course, South Africa is the most developed part of Africa and the rest of Africans look up to South Africa. There was a time, and even today, a lot of Africans want to move to South Africa to work because South Africa has had among the best economy in Africa. A lot more of Africans actually wanted to move to Af South Africa during the days of apartheid. Now, that was a horrible system, but the reality is that the changes that they have implemented since the end of apartheid has made lives of blacks in Af South Africa much, much worse than it was before when apartheid existed in South Africa. South Africa has the same problem. The best people are no longer in position of leadership. They are actually now living in, say, Toronto, Vancouver, Sydney, or Perth. They have moved on. The institutions of South Africa, which were supposed to be first world institutions and first world infrastructure, now is increasingly becoming third world institutions and third world infrastructure. You often don't have power in electricity in Johannesburg. As I was talking with you offline earlier, there is now a water crisis in parts of South Africa. Mining has become a huge problem in South Africa because the new regime has implemented absolutely crazy economic policies. So overall, South Africa has continued to become worse and worse. Zuma, Jacob Zuma has just been thrown out as the president of South Africa. He was a tyrant, an extraordinarily corrupt person. He has had about, I think, 500 or more corruption cases against him. I think it's probably more like 700 corruption cases against him. However, my view is that the next person will be much worse. Again, the person who has taken over is the person who was his vice president, Cyril Ramposa. Don't expect him to be much better. Actually, two days back, he announced that he wanted to seize farms of white farmers and give those to blacks, which basically encourages blacks to do a genocide of whites in South Africa, which is not a good thing for South Africa. It will destroy the economy. It will be 
it will create a civil war in that country and it will very rapidly put that country on the path to become a, a third world destitute wretched country it sounds like they're mirroring uh, what zimbabwe did a couple of decades ago essentially Absolutely. And also, uh, Maurice, the problem is that the political correctness of the West means that uh, Western people simply do not have the intellectual written material, verbal material to understand Africa. And when they go to Africa, they stay in five-star hotels or they uh, don't necessarily operate and work in Africa. So they don't really get the right feeling of what Africa is all about. So they go with all these rosy feelings and they get all they absorb is the rosy feedback they get from the local people without actually interacting with the local people on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis, which means that they come back to the West without actually learning much about what's actually happening in Africa. And we should not, I'm assuming, expect the best and brightest from South Africa to repatriate under the new president. South Africans and Zimbabweans I meet um, often tell me, particularly the black Zimbabweans and black South Africans, that they actually do want to go back to South Africa and Zimbabwe. The only cons- uh, problem they have is that they want New York or London salaries paid in Johannesburg or Harare and they also want hardship allowance on top of that. Now listen, that isn't going to happen. Those economies simply cannot pay you those kind of salaries. So this is uh, talks of those people who always say that they want to return back to their home countries but their materialism and their money and the comforts that they enjoy in the West keep them from going back. They will never, ever go back. And really, why should they? Uh, Why should I? Why should you uh, when uh, we have a better life in the West? Now, Giant, we've discussed the problems in South Africa, Zimbabwe, and Africa as a whole. What are the solutions? There isn't really uh, a solution that is practical anymore, uh, Maurice. Uh, the only two solutions I can think of, the first one is, and the best one is, for the Europeans to return back and rule the third world countries. There is simply no way out because the institutions that Europeans left in the third world countries are continuing to degrade and decay and fall apart. And you simply cannot stop that. Now, that isn't going to happen uh, in the next 50 years. and these countries will have imploded in the next 10 or 15 years anyway. So forget about Europeans being able to make a positive impact on the third world countries anymore. But the only other option, which is a distant second best option in my view, is for Chinese to continue to develop infrastructure, invest and control leadership in these third world countries, which is what China is doing with one road, one belt policy by which they are investing a trillion dollars in about 60, 65 countries. They actually have invested a huge, huge amount of money in Africa. I fly through Addis Ababa in Ethiopia quite quite often. And when you go to that airport, sometimes it feels like as if I'm in China. There are so many Chinese workers in some of these airports. So Chinese influence has been very positive. Now, are Chinese saints? No, they are not. But 
given what Africa is, Chinese influence is a positive influence. In life, we always have to talk in relative terms, not in absolute terms. <laughs> Colonialism was not the best thing, but listen, when I lived in India, I prayed for America to in intervene and interfere in, in the affairs of India because that was the only rational thing I could see in the horizon. Switching gears onto issuers, do you have any names and or arbitrage opportunities that have your attention at the moment? Sure, I, I'll give you four names, uh, Maurice. Uh, people have to really watch the price. It's very important to give limit orders, not market orders, because you destroy your upside by giving market orders. Um, one is a company called Primero, which is merging with a, a company called First Majestic. Primero's ticker is P, P for Poland, and the share price is 21 cents. At this price, you get about 10% arbitrage upside in owning Primero, 21 cents. Do not go above that. Three companies that I might want to mention, very speculative companies, VR Resources. The ticker is VRR, Victory Rain Rain, and the share price currently is 23.5 cents. They are doing a financing. Uh, and they have an interesting project in Nevada. The third company is Salazar Resources. The ticker is SRL. The country is Ecuador. It's a third world country. I don't like it, but there are reasons why I am for the moment interested in this company. Company, The share price is 11.5 cents. Do not chase it. Chase it. A lot of volume comes at 11.5 cents. And finally, there's another arbitrage opportunity. Rio Novo is merging with Aura Minerals, and Rio Novo's share price is 12 cents. Ticker is RN, and there is uh, about 7 to 10% arbitrage upside in owning Rio Novo, RN. Giant, on behalf of all of our subscribers, thank you for sharing that with us. Now, Giant, You're most welcome. Giant, please provide us with an update on capitalism and morality, which is the preeminent name for reasoning, argumentation, and liberty. Capitalism and morality is a seminar I have run, run for the last eight or nine years now, Maurice, and this is a seminar I look forward to. Um, it is run in downtown Vancouver every year, and the next one is on 21st of July, 2018. Um, you will have Professor Ian Plymer, who will fly in from Australia to speak, Rick Krul, Doug Casey, Adrian Day, uh, Simon Roche will come from South Africa, um, a lot of people, there are about 13 speakers speaking at the seminar, it's a day to look forward to. And a giant as well, prior to capitalism and morality, we have PDAC, will you be speaking there this year? Uh, yes, I... Uh, speak at PDAC every year. Uh, I will do so again at the Letters uh, Letter Writers Forum on the 4th of March at PDAC in Toronto. All right. And last question. What did I forget to ask? Again, uh, Maurice, it's uh, what has uh, been a subject of huge interest to me is what's been happening in the third world countries. 
international media, the World Bank, the IMF is extremely euphoric and optimistic about the third world. They call it the emerging market. Apart from China, none of these third world countries is doing well in my view. They're all imploding. They're all going to go through major economic and political and social problems. So uh, I think people should be aware of it. Maybe there are ways to make profit from it. There are maybe ways to protect yourselves from getting into problems by getting entrapped because the international media and the international organizations are telling you something that is probably not correct. And Giant, if someone listening wants to get more information about your work, please share the contact details. Um, my website is giantbhandari.com and everything I do goes on that website. And last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenandprobable.com, where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Giant Bhandari, the host of Capitalism and Morality, Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.